Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, doing well today. It's a Longhorn live stream Friday. I'm with Jerry Hamilton uh, of InsideTexas.com and On Three Sports. How you doing today, Jerry? I'm good, man. Just uh, ready to see what happens this weekend. Big weekend in Austin. Big weekend for the Longhorns. Uh, we want to get started talking about A.D. Mitchell, the uh, young man uh, from George University of Georgia, wide receiver, who caught a, a touchdown pass in the national championship game. He's in the portal and on Texas's campus today. Uh, but before we do that, I want to say thank you to our advertiser, Andy Ludicky. Are you looking to diversify? You may be someone like me who has their hands in multiple businesses. Well, Andy can help you diversify by finding you businesses that will fit your time allotment and financial goals. Call him or email him to learn more. He's got a really cool process. I did it myself, Andy, at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, Jerry, we're going to talk about A.D. Mitchell. We're going to talk about uh, junior days coming up for the Longhorns tomorrow. Uh, a lot of guys going to be on campus. I think three dozen uh, possible uh, guys that Texas uh, is ver very interested in. Uh, and then also we have a special segment coming up uh, that is going to be interesting. It's our first time ever. We're actually going to do a trivia challenge. The person that answers the question right first uh, gets a free hat from laststandhats.com. Uh, they are one of our new sponsors to uh, our shows here at On Texas Football, and I want to do a new uh, thing for them. Uh, we've got a, a promo code and all this other stuff. You can get 10% off, but we're actually going to give one away uh, today, and I, I hope we're able to start doing a weekly trivia challenge, and I'm going to try to stump uh, Jerry Hamilton uh, every time. Uh, that's my goal. All right, Jerry, let's talk a little A.D. Mitchell. Uh, out of the gate, uh, your thoughts on his time uh, in Austin, what it means uh, for the Longhorns, and what it looks like overall uh, in the transfer portal for Texas. Well, I think the first thing with uh, A.D. Mitchell is if you didn't get a chance to see him play this year, that's okay. He was hurt most of the year with a high ankle sprain. Uh, he had 20, what, six catches for about 430 yards his fresh, freshman year in Athens. I mean, he, he came in ready to play. He's a kid who was at Ridge Point. Uh, in Missouri City, then transferred up to Cane Ridge by Bobby for his senior year. Um, and, you know, it's interesting one thing to know about him is one, one of the things we talked about with Texas this year is what guys were going to step up and make big plays, right? Texas still needs playmakers, and that includes both sides of the ball. Look, Xavier Worthy put up stats. He needs to be more of a playmaker at certain times. Well, A.D. Mitchell's played in four college football playoff games. He hadn't put up 100 yards in any of them, but he's caught a touchdown in all of them. So he's caught a touchdown in two national semifinal games, and he's caught a touchdown in two national championship games. And for those that haven't seen him play, he comes up with the ball when it's, in his, it's headed in his direction. He's a playmaker and with size. I mean, he is perfect for what Texas needs. This is a huge recruitment for the Longhorns, in my opinion, um, because, one, it's a starter. It's a starter that's made plays in the biggest games he's ever played in without putting up eight catches for 110, uh, crazy numbers like that. Georgia really didn't throw the ball unless you're Brock Bowers a lot like that. Um, but he makes big plays, 50-50 balls in the air. He has great timing. He has long arms. He has big hands. He makes those plays. And if you were to put him in a wide receiver room with – Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, Jonte Cook, Isaiah Nayor, Savion Red. Suddenly that room looks pretty impressive. 
Uh, and that's the best way I could put it. He's a kid that, look, he'd be in his contract year, so to speak, for the NFL after coming off an injury plague sophomore year. I think this would be a huge deal for Texas next season and Quinn Ewers next season. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I mean, this is this is one of those things where I feel like, you know, we're we're talking about it. And I'm 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 as I piece it all together, uh, in the way I think about it, you mentioned playmakers. You're exactly right. He's a hard matchup one-on-one on the outside. Uh, both of uh, his touchdown catches in the national championship game last year against Alabama put Georgia on top. It was a one-on-one beat over the top for a 40-yard touchdown on a go route. Just beat him. Yeah. Alabama corner. Not many people do that on a regular basis. He did it. In the national semifinal, that was probably a, a, a bigger play because – and that, oh, by the way, that catch in the national championship last year was in the fourth quarter when Georgia was behind. And they were 40 yards out. And a field goal wouldn't have got them on top. So that is a big play and a guy stepping up at a big time. This year in the national semifinal, he hadn't played most of the regular season, immediately inserted into the lineup. And guess what? His touchdown catch was also the go-ahead score in the fourth quarter against Ohio State. Another talented team, another big play guy making a he's making a he's making plays against NFL caliber players. Guys that are going to be drafted. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that people need when we talk about playmakers, we mean guys that are going to make plays no matter who they're playing against. Um and uh, you know those those two catches uh, stay with me a little bit longer than the other ones maybe uh, because of that. Uh, but we we talk about that Jerry then we start talking about what Texas already has on campus with in, in what AD Mitchell might lead into there. Okay. Before I do that, we are hearing there, there are two poss- other possible schools that he may indeed visit. He's expected to announce sometime before Wednesday, his decision. Okay. We don't know. We don't have a timetable for that. Um, as of right now, his teams, other teams interested Ole Miss, which Lane Kiffin is, he's one of those guys. He and Mike Norvell right now are kings of the portal. Yes. The guy, the Florida State guy, right? Um, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and then Lincoln Riley over at USC. Those are the other two teams that are involved. We don't know if he's going to take an official visit there to either one of those spots. He is in Austin uh, today, we believe. He was definitely in yesterday afternoon. Have not heard anything this morning. Uh, or at noontime uh, today. But anyways, that's where that's at. But now let's look at if he does indeed end up at Texas, Jerry. You have Jordan Whittington. You have Isaiah or Xavier Worthy, excuse me, and Isaiah Nayor. Nayor's coming off an of injury. You don't, you can't plan on anything. Right. Could be more than a year with it. You just don't know. So this, this is one of the reasons why A.D. Mitchell is so important. Because we know what happened with the Texas offense when they lost uh, Isaiah Nayor in the fall last year. Really, yeah. the deep the deep game opposite Xavier Worthy just was not there. No there, doubt. There's nobody else there. Then you have some young guys. Savion Red, Brennan Thompson. They're both back in the spring. Thompson's running track. Casey Kane is back. He proved reliable in the Washington game. Had a good bowl game. And then you talk about Jonte Cook's there for spring. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Moore is there for spring. Yes. 
And then you have Ryan Niblett coming in uh, in the in the summer. You know, is this a crowded receiver room or is it a healthy receiver room, in your opinion? I lean to the healthy. Oh, I think it's healthy. Uh, I definitely think it's healthy. I mean, and if you were looking, if you said one player that this could, I would say negatively affect, it's probably Casey Kane, right? He just had his best game. And Mitchell's coming in as a much more athletic version of that, right? And faster. And faster. Just a much more athletic version, right? Um, so I think if you look for one player, that's what you always look for. Okay, somebody comes in in the portal. Who does? Who could that potentially push out of some time? Casey Kane may be the guy for me. Um, it gives them more flexibility to move uh, Worthy around, Whittington around. I mean, if they want to. That's the thing. The more chips you stack, the more versatility and flexibility you have. We've been talking about on the offensive line. I mean, that's just that's just the reality. But I think the big thing, and look, it's huge for Texas team if Mitchell goes to Texas, but it's really big for Quinn. I mean, a guy that will make that 50-50 play was lacking in the receiver department this year for a first-year starting quarterback. And that was glaring. There, there were too many times the receivers didn't bail out the quarterback enough this year, right? The quarterback had to make all the throws this year. So now you have a guy that's proven he could bail out a quarterback and make big plays, win the 50-50 contested ball, like you said, against a future NFL draft pick. That's what Texas needs in the receiver room. Because if you look at John Tay Cook, his streaks are more, you know, that's the thing he's got to prove. Is he a 50-50 ball winner in traffic? That's any freshman receiver coming in. Because you're not really tested at the high school level. That's something you're tested at at the college level against a future draft pick who's just as good or better athlete than you are. Physicality changes, arm length changes, um, ball speed changes yep. from, the, you know, the, the margin for error changes. Everything changes. Yep, no doubt. So I, I think it's a healthy wide receiver room. I think they have some good parts. I think they have they get that gives flexibility to Sarkeesian. That also afford would afford Texas not to rush Naor back to the field, bring him along slowly. But then you get to that situation where if Naor comes back from his injury well, um, and you have John Tay Cook, you have DeAndre Moore, you have Savion Red in year two, Brennan Tops. I mean, suddenly you go from a man didn't have enough to okay, this is what it's supposed to look like at Texas as far as talent and depth. Hey, uh, before we go any further, uh, Jerry, uh, Ian Boyd uh, typically joins us on Friday afternoons. Uh, we want to wish him and his uh, father well today. Uh, his dad has got some uh, uh, health issues, and Ian is there uh, tending to him. Uh, and so from uh, Jerry and I, and I know all of the Inside Texas team, uh, wishing Ian and his uh, his uh, father uh, best of, uh, of luck today. And, and uh, please keep him in your thoughts, uh, if you don't mind, guys. Also, I want to mention this. This is a, a sad personal note for me, a guy that I've known for 30 years, Randy Riggs, former sports writer at uh, the Austin American Statesman, uh, passed away earlier today from cancer, 71 years of age. Uh, Randy, many of you guys that either went to Texas or lived in the Austin area uh, have read his columns and, and articles for years. I think he was the beat writer or one of the beat writers for the Longhorns for 25 years. He passed away uh, earlier today. Uh, he, I think, retired four, five, six years ago uh, from the Statesman. Uh, so uh, my, our thoughts are, are with him and his his uh, family, as well as uh, his former co-workers 
at the Statesman. Uh, Randy, J Jerry, you and I have met Randy. He was one of those gentle guys, you know, had a pure kind of, he wasn't mean. He was just really nice guy. Uh, and want to say uh, best wishes to, and, and our thoughts and, and, and everything with him and his family uh, today. Um, all right, let's move forward. A uh, couple other things we got going on. Not only is A.D. Mitchell on campus, uh, this gives us a, a chance to maybe look at the portal as a whole, Jerry. Uh, Texas Now, and I wrote this today on InsideTexas.com, Texas Now, I think, has four legitimate starters day one that mm -hmm. they've gotten in the portal. Uh, whether it's uh, if 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 Mitchell comes aboard, right? Mitchell, Jalen Catalan at safety, yep. Gavin Holmes at corner, and I, I some people are discounting him. <laughs> I would not do that. He's a two-year starter at Wake. You know, I, I think he's going to. I think that it could be argued that he's better than any returning cornerback that Texas has. Yeah, and then you have the the punter Ryan Sanborn. And then you add an A.D. Mitchell on top of it, if they do. That's four legitimate stop starters in the first half of the portal. I mean, yes. there's still another piece to come. And really, the only starter Texas lost through the portal was Ovi Agufu. Yeah. So that's a net win for Texas. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. Win. I mean, do you? we all talked about this, Jerry. We, we debated it. You and I, me, you and Eric. Justin, is Steve Sarkeesian being too late to pull the trigger on some guys? We talked about it. I mean, we the, the truth is, we didn't know. In retrospect, what do you think? Now, well, that, now that we're almost through this thing, if he gets A.D. Mitchell. Yeah, it, the, no, I mean, I, I don't think so. And here's the reason why, is it's different. And I'm not discounting Florida State. There, that was a program really battling to get back right and turn a corner they had more they had to go to the portal more texas signed the number five and number three classes in the country back to back um they're headed in the right direction uh, i i think moving too quick in the portal could have been a little detrimental to texas because the one thing texas has had to do under steve sarkeesian is uh, culture may be an overused term but okay let's say overturn the locker room okay <laughs> you know Flip that thing upside down and build it back, right? And I think the quick moves in the portal, uh, one college uh, recruiting department guy called it speed dating. And he said the scary thing about the portal is you don't truly know, unless you have, unless you recruited these guys or have some strong contacts, you don't really know the background, how they're going to fit in your locker room, in your program. So for that from that standpoint, I think Sarkeesian's doing the right thing. I like that they recruit through the whistle. I like that they don't go to their B list, no matter if some of those B list guys end up being draft picks out of high school or the portal or not. They're sticking with what they believe. They're sticking with their strategy. And here's the thing. There's going to be more guys pop in in May. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's maybe they can see maybe they see if they need a running back in May. After, right. after said Baxter's been on campus, right? Yeah. And they can tell whether or not he's going to be that guy. Um, all right. Edge, edge. See how the edge kids come on in the spring. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's still time. Do you need an interior defensive lineman as a stop the gap? You know, so there's still time. So if A.D. Mitchell goes to Texas, that's four starting level players. Let's just say they get one more in the spring. 
because that probably is the way it'll turn out. You get five starting level guys out of the portal after winning eight games and having, what'd you say, Bobby, 10 offensive starters back? Yep. And and a lot of talent in the freshman class is going to be sophomores and freshman class coming in. You're, you're see, they're seemingly making nope. all the right Now, decisions. the one on offense is pretty big. It's B. John Robinson, but it's big. <laughs> it's big. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. We're going to talk a little coaching updates in this uh, yeah. live stream today. We want to get to that. Jerry, you and I have talked about that uh, offline as well. Uh, we also want to talk about the junior day coming up. But before we do that, I want to get into this uh, thing that I. This is a trivia challenge is something that's very interesting to me. I know this is going to sound weird, uh, but the University of Texas had, or at least back when I went, they had an intramural sport that was trivia. Okay. And I want it. I mean, the guys that I teamed up with uh, won it two years in a row. <laughs> so trivia, I love trivia. And so I'm going to go with this one. And uh, what what you're going to get, if you are the first person to answer this, I want you to send uh, our producer, Matt Hutchison, uh, a direct message on uh, on this uh, chat if you're the first person to win it. But I want you to answer in the chat. The first person that gets it right in the chat is going to be that person. And then I'm going to uh, connect with them and make sure that I can get them a uh, their uh, free hat. Uh, so we're going to do this. And the hats will come courtesy of Last Stand Hats, uh, laststandhats.com forward slash Bobby 10 is going to be the new address that you guys can go to and you will get 10% off of all merchandise at Last Stand Hats, okay? So they have Texas-specific hats. They have some polos, that sort of stuff. Or if you don't use that URL, you can just type in the code Bobby 10 at the end of the, uh, at the, while you're checking out and you will get 10% off of your package. Uh, lots of hats, uh, got a care package from them. Uh, Jerry, you're getting one, uh, by the way, as well. So we'll get going on this. All right, so here's the trivia question. All right, get ready and, and get ready to type this in. Since we're talking about the transfer portal, I think it's only appropriate. What two players were transfers from a fellow from a from a FBS school into Texas and now are active on NFL rosters. What two players are active on NFL rosters that came to Texas via the transfer portal? Let's see, let's see if people people get it here. Where are we at? Matt, are you helping me with this uh this one? Jeff Swaim is not one. He did not come up via the transfer portal. He is a uh, he is a um, junior college tra- transfer from junior college. Yeah. This is actually a tough question. I, I There's, get it. Okay. Yeah, it is a tough question. There's two of them. What are what are we thinking here, Jerry? Ah, <laughs> do you know it? I think we I think we do now. All right, <laughs> did it come up? Did somebody yep. get it? Yep. <laughs> there, somebody got it. I think the first person Isaac. here is Isaac. Is that who you have as well? Yep. yep. Isaac Renaga. Brennan Schoolers on the active roster of the uh, New England Patriots came from Oregon, uh, and of course Calvin Anderson came over 
uh, from Rice. Uh, and he is on the active roster of an NFL team as well. So congratulations, Isaac. That was, hey, fun. That was a good job by Isaac because Schooler is a uh, Schooler is he took so much heat when he played at Texas. A lot of people, if they don't follow an NFL, would never think he's on an NFL roster, much less playing for the Patriots. I thought it was very interesting as well, uh, by the way, when Schooler, uh, somebody was talking to Gary Patterson about Schooler and Gary Patterson said, I know I know he got a lot of hate at Texas. But every single special team that we charted, he was the first one down there. Yeah. So just just remember that, guys, as you get before. Uh, uh, by the way, that's a reason Rashawn Johnson will have a 10-year NFL career, even if he's not a really good running back at the next level, which I'm not saying he won't be, but that's going to make him a lot of money, and he's going to end up working in the front office in football if he wants to. Yep. That's his I, career. By the way, Isaac, if you can't reach out to our, um, our, our uh, producer uh, through this show – Please give me a uh, e- drop me an email at ontexasfootball at gmail.com and we'll get you hooked up. Thanks again to Last Stand Hats. Uh, and please visit laststandhats.com forward slash Bobby10 or use the promo code Bobby10. And, and they have some terrific hats. They really, really do. And it's a, a good, good provider. All right, let's get going here on some other stuff. Coaching updates, Jerry, uh, for you and what you think on this. Okay. Uh, we've reported uh, that Chris Jackson, wide receivers coach at uh, Jacksonville, is the likely candidate. Uh, and we were the first to mention his name, that he was a candidate. The first to mention his name, that he was the likely candidate. And now we're waiting. And we thought this position was going to be filled this week. Well, guess what? He's got a game this weekend. That's probably why it hasn't be, been, feel, been filled. And for the people that are wondering, well, is he actually going to be the hire? Well, if Sark had somebody else, he'd have him in for junior day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because, so, so Chris Jackson's the leader in the clubhouse. For sure. Adam Henry's available for junior day. Joel yep. Falani's available for junior day. Dallas Baker would be available for junior day. Now, now maybe he goes in another direction and Chris Jackson bails because, you know, the Jaguars up his check by a hundred grand or something. Or win again this weekend. I, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, we don't know. I mean, but we've got to uh, talk about that and, and figure that out. But, uh, that's where that's at. Then we also have two other positions that we, we need to talk about. Director of high school relations, right? Mm-hmm. What's the situation there? Uh, and you're, you you have more knowledge of that than I do at this point. Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you, you put out a name. Um, Jamel Finner. Yeah, out of Austin LBJ. I think he's the leader in the clubhouse for the number one position. Sark split that into two. Uh, it was just Chris Gilbert. Now he's splitting that in the two with an emphasis in Syntex, uh, DFW, and the Houston area. Uh, so I, from everything I gather, uh, if Jamal Finner were to be the pick for that, he would be the number one guy. So he'd probably be a Syntex DFW guy. Then they'd hire somebody else, a, a secondary position in Houston area, uh, which we've talked about. We like that Sark is putting an emphasis in Houston and not just having the feeling amongst uh, fans and everybody else that he's just focused on DFW. Um, so that I think that's split into two spots. And then you have the offensive uh, special assistant to the head coach position, which we'll see what happens. There was a strong, strong high school candidate, but, you know, it doesn't seem like that one's going to happen. So it may be more of a college coach that's out for a year or two, you know, kind of like Saban does, kind of like Gary Patterson. Uh, with Sark last year, maybe looking for that fit for a guy that's in between, um, or, or maybe maybe it's a retired somebody in retired uh, right now. So we'll have to see which way that ultimately goes. 
Special assistant to the head coach is also out there. Uh, it's one that we expect Sark to fill in the not too distant future. Um, uh, we had talked about Riley Dodge as a possibility for that role. We we've learned we don't expect it to be yeah. him. Um, any other thoughts on that that role other than it doesn't affect Gary Patterson any whatsoever? Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I mean, it, that's a tougher one because you just don't. That's from such a wide net of possibilities, right? It could be a retired coach that's an offensive mind that can come in and, and kind of take a little bit off the plate of Steve Sarkeesian, right? Um, just from an idea standpoint, just this extra set of eyes uh, because the job of being the head coach at Texas is an exhausting one to begin with. Um, you know, it could be a college guy that's in between jobs, right? It's maybe a head coach that's sitting out a year. Uh, kind of like Gary Patterson, hoping to get back in, like Gary tried to at Nebraska, a couple other places this year. Could be that. Maybe they find a high school guy. The problem with the, finding the high school guys in the state of Texas, these guys do pretty well. Um, so it's got to be a money match situation for these guys. All right, Jerry, let's uh, let's get going into uh, what's really happening on campus this weekend. Uh, even though uh, we know uh, that A.D. Mitchell is there right now, there are – a truckload, I mean, three dozen uh, prospects headed to Austin this weekend for the season's first junior day. Um, and you guys put up an article today talking about the top rated players that are going to be there. It includes, you know, either the number one or number two running back in the country, another young man from the state of Florida, where Tashard Choice is getting after it again, Jarek Gibson. Uh, he's at IMG, I think, but was by way of. Uh, a school there in Gainesville, yes, uh, the hometown of the Florida Gators, who are getting all kinds of uh, negative press about their recent NIL woes. Uh, what do you know about Jarek Gibson and uh, what's going on in his recruitment at this point? Well, this will be the second time he's been on campus, assuming he's on that flight and coming in. Um, somebody's talking about Taylor Tatum. We'll talk about that. Uh, look, Jarek Gibson's the number one guy for choice. He has been for months. We've seen this before. Again, guy from Gainesville, Florida. He's at IMG. He's been the top-rated running back for months, uh, pretty much, around the country. Uh, he's a guy who's got a really strong physical frame as a young kid. He's probably closer to 200 pounds now, 5'10 and a half. Uh, he's got good hands. Uh, he's got good acceleration. He's got, he's got the total package. A guy that's going to be probably 210. He's not going to be a real big kid because he's already pretty – Stout, uh, stoutly built for his age, but uh, he is a guy that Tashard Choice has zeroed in on. They were down there through IMG, I believe, this week. Um, if not this week, def definitely last week. So they made their rounds. Uh, Jarrett Gibson is a top target. Uh, Tennessee has really emerged this season as a competition. I think he's been up to Tennessee three or four times since September. Uh, Florida, I kind of think, is back in the pack. Georgia, I think, is right there with Texas, Tennessee. Um, then you get into the Florida State's trying, Miami. You know, uh, will Alabama make a run there? We'll see. But those three, I really think Texas, Tennessee, Georgia right now, and the Florida schools involved. Hey, let me ask you this, Jerry, uh, because this is a, a question I had. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian mentioned that he wanted a variety of backs, not the same type of back each and every year. Is Gibson different than, say, uh, Cedric Baxter? I think he's different than Baxter. I think what's interesting to me in 24 is all these guys. Let's run down who they're bringing in. Who's different from each other in 24? Jarrett Gibson's coming in. Taylor Tatum's coming in. Frankie. That's, he's Orton. from Longview. Right Longview. Back to Longview. 
Uh, James Peoples, San Antonio Veterans Memorial, which was another early to short choice offer after he got the Texas. Then Frankie Arthur, who has not been offered. He's the only one that hasn't been offered. He's at Conroe Oak Ridge. He's built very similar to Jarrett Gibson. I believe he ran 10-7 last year, 195 pounds. He's the younger brother of Adrian Peterson. What? Yep. Yep. So they're I mean, 20 years younger. Exactly. Much younger brother of Adrian Peterson. So those four guys are all pretty similar in build. That's what'll be interesting to your point, Bobby, is they're they're not dissimilar guys as far as frames. Um, there's some differences, obviously, in skill set. There's always going to be. But frame-wise, these guys are all pretty similar guys that are going to be 5'10", 5'11", 210, 215 pounds long-term uh, and with similar skill sets. Um, talking about the, the Texas Junior Day with Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas and on three. Uh, Jerry, uh, the next player I want to mention that is a – I'm, I'm going off this list that you, you guys put up today, the top five guys at, at positions that are coming in. Kobe Black. Yeah. Uh, the corner out of uh, Waco Connolly, high school teammate of Jelani McDonald, uh, and is a six foot half inch, uh, 180, 85 pound uh, cornerback. You guys have been high on him from the outset. This is a guy that Justin Wells has told me that he he personally is one of his favorite players in the entire class. Uh, where are you at on Kobe and what's going on with his recruitment? Yeah, I, I love Kobe Black. He also was a teammate of Trey Wisner before Wisner transferred up to DeSoto. Um, so yeah, you know, his brother plays at Oklahoma state, obviously very athletic guy, uh, does, he did well at the Under Armour, uh, camp setting last spring as a sophomore. So he's, he's performed well in an opportunity to get with other corners. I mean, you know, look, he's in drills that day with Malik Muhammad, um, Javian Toviano, all these other top guys that were older than him. He performed really well, really good feet, really good hips, has got that acceleration. He's got reactive quickness. So he's performed really well in that setting with other top defensive backs in the state of Texas, Louisiana. There were guys all over at that camp. That camp at Dallas was loaded last spring in March. And, you know, he's also a guy that I think is going to perform well. He's physical on the football field, right? He's not adverse to physicality. He's, he's a corner that's big and plays big is the best way I'd say that about him. He's supposed to be at Texas a Texas. He's going to be at Texas Saturday. He's supposed to possibly be at AM the following week, and we'll see. Um, look, Ohio State, all the all the national programs are in on him. Uh, we'll see where the recruitment goes, but I think Texas has a really, really good shot here. Uh, I think it'll take a little while to play out. All right, King Joseph Edwards, another out-of-state guy, an edge uh, out of Georgia, six foot four and a half, 240 pounds. He's expected in as well. Uh, what can you tell us about him and any other kind of edge prospects Texas is looking at this weekend? Yeah, and let's. I also want to mention DB Corey and Gibson's coming in. Oh, he, from Lancaster. Yeah, yeah, and he's and look, he's a kid who's telling Texas now. Uh, Blake Gideon's been recruiting him. He he's going to tell Texas he wants to play corner. He was an all district corner, made the move from safety to corner at Lancaster this year. The competition is Alabama with Texas there. Um, and so that, that'll be interesting. He's supposed to go to Alabama, I think, next weekend, January 28th. He'll be at Texas tomorrow. Uh, King Joseph Edwards, if there's not a guy made for NIL, I don't know who it is other than the Manning or somebody like that, Bronny James. Uh, but he's got a great name. He's got a great personality on social media. He's been offered by everybody. Look, he was he's in the Atlanta area. 
it's going to be a tough recruitment with Georgia. He was at Georgia last weekend with his mom, which seems like the, I don't know, 15th time in the last year and a half he's been there. His mom makes all the trips with him. She'll be coming to Austin. He's been to Austin before and really liked Austin and the University of Texas. Now, this is a kid who's been – he's probably visited as many places as any kid in the 24 class. I mean, I could go down the list of where he's been. Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn, Florida State, uh, South Carolina, Clemson – I mean, he's been everywhere, LSU, Texas, Texas a He's been to all these – USC. He's been everywhere. Um, he does a great job building his uh, his recruitment on social media. He's got the name for it. He's a really talented player, though. I, that's the thing is, you know, he's a guy who is a true edge guy with size. Uh, so he is, he is a coveted guy by all the top programs in the country. Look, this is a tough one for Texas to win. But this is the second time he's been on campus. You have to shard choice in there, swinging away in the Atlanta area, which if you have two – if I could pick two guys to walk into, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Florida, and take their swings, it's Deshard Choice and Bo Davis. So you got one of those guys in the Atlanta area. And that Deshard built those connections at Georgia Tech in that Atlanta area, in that Central Florida, in that Southwest Corridor area of Florida. Uh, so Deshard Choice can get kids on campus. Uh, at Texas, and that's what he's doing with Edwards. Uh, another edge that's coming in, and he's the brother of a current Texas Longhorn, uh, Zena Umiozulu, uh, the young man out of Allen, six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, but early on, it didn't look like Texas was really in this. But when Neto signed with Texas, Texas got back in it. It felt like, and and has continued their push uh, here with him. Is that uh, is that still the case? And and is he still scheduled to come in uh, tomorrow, Jerry? Yeah, I believe he's still scheduled to come in. We'll double check with some of these guys this this afternoon. But he's he's an interesting recruitment, though, um, because uh, you know he has at an early age. The first time you saw him, you said, "Okay, this guy's going to be six four, two hundred sixty pounds, and is going to be an absolute terror off the edge." Right? He's been slower to fill out physically. Like last spring at the Under Armour camp, he. Physically, he looked like he was maybe falling behind some other kids at the position and in the class. So his frame is a little bit slower to develop than some other guys. And that's something to keep in mind uh, with Yuma uh, Zulo is now you're looking at him a little different than you were as a freshman year. Your freshman year, I think you're looking at him as a guy who's going to be, oh, man, this guy's be 6'4", 250, 260 and be an impact player. Now I think that frame has been so slow to develop. You're looking at him more as a developmental guy, but he's a very talented player, and I don't think one Texas would turn down. And as far as his recruitment, it's the same as Neto. It's wide open. You're not going to know a lot. You're going to hear things, whether that's true or not. It, their, their recruitments are very similar in, in, in the way they go about them. Uh, the thing for Texas is, look, if Neto's parents are happy with Neto's time at Texas, Texas will be tough to beat if they make the push on Zena. Got it. Uh, Justin Williams, the next guy I want to mention. The Oh, by, by, by the way, Bobby, Colin Simmons told me late last night, the five-star out of Duncanville, he's not planning on going anywhere this weekend. We'll see if he shows up somewhere Saturday, but I do want to point out to everybody, he said he's not going anywhere as of last night. And that's the edge prospect. That's why you're lumping him in with those other guys. Uh, Simmons yes. was at Georgia. Before I go to this next, Alex January was at Georgia last weekend too. Uh, the Texas legacy uh, out of Duncanville, uh, defensive line prospect. What's the latest on him, Jerry? Uh, look, I'll be surprised if he doesn't end up at Texas. I'm not saying it's Saturday or Sunday. Um, look, father played at Texas. Um, they have season tickets. They're at all the games. Uh, and it's been a whirlwind recruitment for him. I was up at Duncanville, what, two weeks ago now? I lose track of time. 
And uh, Coach Samples is like, how's this guy three-star, man? He's a lot better than that. And, he, you know, he can give it to me. We've known each other a long time through the Under Armour game. Um, and, and his recruitment is not that of a player rate as a three-star. LSU, Georgia, all, everybody started offering him. He's grown. He gave up baseball. He's now football-focused, which he wasn't last spring. Uh, so that's a big step for him with the Duncanville coaching staff. They're saying he's all in on football, really, for the first time. So that's big. So he's just a guy who's got a six, four and a half, 315, 320-pound frame. He's a guy that's going to be able to anchor inside, up the middle, which is going to be so important headed east in the next in the SEC. And he's a, he's the in-state defensive tackle. I think Texas would take a commitment from well, I know they take a commitment from him right now. And he's the only one. Other than that, when you look at our junior day list on inside Texas, it's all out of state guys. And there's going to be some real rugged, tough recruiting battles in SEC country for Bo Davis and the staff this year. Yeah, I think they got to get ready for it because it's coming. It's uh, coming. No matter what they want to do. Uh, Justin Williams out of Oak Ridge. Love Oak Ridge, the sledgehammer linebacker that I really like. I, th You know, Bobby, who reminds me of, frame-wise, seeing him in person, Keenan Robinson in that athleticism. He's that, you know, he's 6'3", 2'6", 2'5", 6'3". He's listed at 190. He's bigger than that now. I bet he's probably 203, 204. We'll get a real measurement at the Under Armour camp coming up in March probably or a camp this spring. But he's got a similar frame to Keenan Robinson. Uh, th that's kind of my comp for him early on. We'll see where he goes uh, as a senior. But he's got that range, that quickness, that speed. Uh, he's a physical player that in the past hasn't been big enough to really that to shine through like it did this year. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Justin Williams. Uh, you know, look, if I was ranking the absolute top prospects in Texas in this class as far as just the upside, he would be in my top four. Right now. Um, hey, uh, before we get going, and, and I want to open this up to a bunch of questions uh, for folks, uh, please uh, get your questions up going. Uh, I'm going to take those after we do this ad spot here for Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net. So enter them in, and Jerry and I will try to answer them. Uh, stuck in the corporate rack race with two weeks PTO and no control over the money you can make or your schedule in general. Call Andy. He will take you through a process to help find a business that will fit your skill sets and financial goals. Franchise ownership isn't for everyone, but if you have a desire to take control of your destiny, call Andy or email him at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. And he's a good guy, and I know he's set up several Longhorns in businesses uh, through the years uh, that have been successful. So uh, my hat's off to him and what he does uh, as a service for folks. Um, Let's let's go into some questions here, Jerry. Yeah, let's do it. And and really get people talking and uh, one of those things, see what you think and, uh, you know, go from there. Um, let's start with Deuce Robinson, the, the, the tight end out of the Phoenix area. Uh, is he still expected to announce on signing day? Yeah. Uh, the first Wednesday in February. First is Texas February. still and is Texas still in pursuit? Oh, I think Texas is very much in pursuit, and I think Texas believes they have a legitimate shot at this recruitment. When I was down at the Under Armour game for check-in, I walked away thinking Georgia and Texas were ahead of USC, as some West Coast people in our industry have kind of hinted at. Um, and talking to a, a person that covers SC as well as anybody, they didn't think SC was as confident as they were headed into the season. Could that change? That was, look, that was December 26th, 27th, okay? So it's a long way from February 1st, but – I think Oregon, I mean, I, Oregon's 
is the fourth team in there. Alabama, he lists. I just don't see that right now. I could be wrong. Been wrong before. I really think Georgia, Texas are trending and or were trending heading into January in this recruitment. We'll see if USC uh, it regains that top spot come February 1st or the first Wednesday of February. I believe that is it. I see if Oregon can make a dent. Um, the interesting thing about Deuce's recruitment to me was just talking about his decision from a sports standpoint, what he told me was going to be so important for him being comfortable with the decision is how the football head coach and staff married together with the baseball head coach and staff. He wants to play both sports at the next level, but he said there has to be really good, there has to be good cohesion there between the staffs to, for him to believe he can be the best at both of those sports at college. And I think it's a tall task to be, but that's his goal. That's what he's looking at. So the school's recruiting him. They have to marry the football and baseball staffs together to have a real shot at this. And he told me he talks to David Pierce a lot. He said Texas has done a good job in that regard with Sarkeesian and Pierce and both sports. Obviously, Jeff Banks is the primary recruiter there. He's had a lot of experience recruiting in Arizona over the years, especially back in the A&M days, Christian Kirk, uh, Kyle Allen. I mean, there's some talented guys that he pulled out of Arizona, and Texas has pulled some guys out of Arizona too. Kids from Arizona like Austin. They like the area. The families like the area, and I think that's in play here. Texas has a legit shot. Can they upset Georgia to me in this? We'll see. I mean, Georgia's tight ends are probably the only ones that uh, would look better on a Saturday than Texas tight ends. I mean, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, they may have two first-rounders right there at tight end. So uh, the other thing that I could factor in potentially with Deuce is he's not playing high school baseball. He's working out with for major league scouts and teams this spring. Now – we're in the NIL day and age, right? So everything's got a little leverage. Let's be real. Um, but I thought that was interesting as well, that he will be working out for Major League uh, Scouts this spring. Uh, I feel like, you know, we're in that situation where he's kind of – he kind of dictates the recruitment. He's one very, of guys. Very smart kid. He's the last one standing about in this class. Yeah. And he is has the leverage, doesn't he, Bobby? Yes, he does. All right, let's talk uh, Justin Yarbrough with a super chat. Thank you. Uh, comes in. Is there a player in the 2024 class that has the momentum building ability like Arch had in this past class? And does that continue to build momentum in this class? Um, I don't know that there is a singular person uh, in the 2024 class across the country, uh, not just at Texas, but yeah. anywhere that has that sort of ability, unless I'm just missing somebody or or or, or don't not thinking of someone. Jerry, what are, what are your thoughts on that? No zero. I mean, I I don't look. I mean, we were I wrote on Inside Texas that day after Arch committed that he's the most impactful recruit in the history of Texas athletics since I've been doing this. So no, absolutely not. <laughs> Let's put that one out there. Uh, this is a class that will have to be built more as a group, I believe. You know, um, Trey Owens, the quarterback commitment, he's in the boat. Um, he's not a nationally ranked quarterback, right? He's not that guy. Nobody, let's take the Manning name out of it, Chris Sims. Those guys are just different animals, right? But uh, not like Vince a Young. Dylan, Vince right. Young, not like a Dylan Rayola name that's been out there for three, four years, right? At this point. There is, so Trey's not like that. This is class is going to have to be built as a whole, as a group. Um, and look, I, I don't know, honestly, 
you know, Arch committed, then all the offensive line dominoes happened, right? And that was a wild uh, time there for Bobby, you and I doing these uh, commitment videos. But look, I mean, Texas is, this is a class that will have to be built as a whole. I, I don't know if the group text messages mean quite as much anymore in the NIL day and age. I'm just being real about this stuff. Uh, but to answer Justin's question, no, there's nobody like that for Texas. There's nobody like that nationally in this class. There are some guys with higher profiles. Correct. You know, but but I don't know. <laughs> Thankfully for Texas, they don't necessarily need that ringleader. No. Uh, in, in that way, well, uh, that the thing, probably need, needed coming off of five and – Five and seven year. Bobby, the guy that built the last class is in Austin. It's going to help build this class. And that's Arch. I mean, one of the stories I love to go to in recruiting is it's Chris Sims, but more so Peyton Manning. And for people that are kind of new to recruiting, look, Tennessee won the national championship the year after Peyton Manning graduated. But all those players on that team, not the, and Bobby knows Phil Fulmer, he's a great recruiter. Peyton Manning had a huge hand in those guys getting that's coming to Tennessee. So while Peyton didn't win the national championship, he had a huge hand in it. Chris Sims was big and BJ Roy, all those guys coming to Texas. Vince Young got him over the finish line, but Chris Sims, Peyton Manning did not win rings, but they were huge in the talent build to win those rings at their universities they went to. And my point is, and I'm not saying Arch isn't going to win a ring. What I am saying is Arch's recruiting doesn't stop because he signed. Arch's recruiting continues for the next three to four years in Austin. He's going to be the ringleader of those classes in his own way. All right, uh, Bobby Burton and uh, Jerry Hamilton here with you. We're talking Texas football at sports, recruiting, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, we are trying to uh, go over that today, so please put your questions in. Uh, I've got one here from Lane Seawright. Is there any process in place for dual sport athletes at Texas? I have to imagine we've had players that play baseball, football at an elite level before. Yes, Ricky Williams did it. <laughs> he didn't play at Texas. He played in the minor leagues, right? Um, there have been guys that have played multiple sports. I don't remember a football, baseball player. Probably the most famous one was James Street. Uh, played football and baseball. He actually pitched a no-hitter. Uh, the 1969 National Championship quarterback pitched a no-hitter no that year for Texas in baseball, I believe. Uh, Keith Moreland in the 70s played football and baseball, of course, went on to play uh, for the Phillies. We had him on, on Texas football uh, for that uh, special whenever Cliff Gustafson passed away, and it was great to talk to I'm him. Glad this, I'm glad this isn't the trivia question because I'd fail it. But I, I was a little before me. It was Shea Marins. Did he try? Did he he, play? he was signed. Yes, he tried. Uh, but he was in the. He was with the Yankees. Yeah, he was another professional organization. Yeah, exactly. Uh, either the Yankees or Blue Jays. I can't remember. Um, and then uh, there's been a few, but the sport has not been football, baseball as much as it has been football okay. track. Yeah. So Brennan Thompson, for example, is doing that now. What Marquise uh, Goodwin did. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin did that. Jamal Charles did Michael that. Michael Huff. Yeah, a lot of those guys do that. And so football, baseball is a little bit different because baseball, it's a lot of preparation. Yes. I mean, you know, it, it just is a different type of – I don't want to say it's – look, you can get some track workout while you're working foot, for football. You can get some football workout while you're on the track, Right. Baseball workouts don't necessarily translate with football no. um, as well. 
And so they're two, what I would call totally separate sports. So that's the, that's the concern. Not that it's necessarily dual sport, but what type of sport is that dual sport, right? Um, all right, going on to Xavier Delgado. If we run more three wide receiver sets, is it A.D. Mitchell, Nayor on the outside, worthy moving around, but mostly a slot for matchups? Who's outside? Who's the X? I, well, I think he nailed it. I think that's where we we're headed before the Nayor injury last season. I think that was pretty obvious, right? And um, so, yeah, I mean, if A.D. Mitchell comes in, then I think those are your outside guys. I, I see Worthy moving around more. Uh, I see there. that's what we talked about at the beginning of the show. I see more versatility options for Sarkeesian with Whittington and Worthy. Look, they've now had two years in the system as well. So these would be guys, year three of the system. They fully know the system. They have a full understanding of the system. And that's when you can really move some of your pieces around, I think, uh, better and trust it more in, in, you know, in live situations on Saturdays. Yep. Um, all right. Let's get going here. Uh, here's one from Younghorn. I've heard a lot of arguing on Inside Texas about which is the better running back, Jarrett Gibson or Taylor Tatum. Your opinion. I'm asking you, Jerry, not me. I'm not in those arguments. Well, look, I, one thing I'll say is I think Gibson's ahead of most guys at, at this point in high school. That doesn't mean he's going to be ahead of guys next year at this time. Um, so for my full opinion, I'm a senior year guy. I really am. I, I love to see these guys as seniors. Um, I love to see who keeps working, uh, how they develop. Um, you know, once these guys get committed, do they keep going in the right direction? Are there injuries senior year, spring football, junior year? I think Gibson's ahead of most. There's a reason he's probably the top guy on the boards of the, all these programs around the country right now. Does that mean he's going to be the number one guy after spring practice or early next season? No, it doesn't. Um, but I will say this. I'm working on a piece that I think Bobby for Inside Texas will be a fun read for guys. I'm going to go through the state of Texas where the best running backs have come from. All time. East okay, Texas. last 50 years. And I'm going to have it broken into East Texas. Uh, Houston area, DFW, Golden Triangle, Syntex, West Texas. I don't know what to do with Harvey Williams, so I'm, I'm just throwing him in the Central that's, Texas. People no, can argue about Houston. that. Because, Harvey's but, dead. I mean, that's Harvey went to middle school. Yeah, that, now Houston. the Houston people want to claim him, but I mean, that, that's a long way from Sealy where Eric Dickerson went. Okay, Man. so I'm working on this. We'll, we'll move. We'll I mean, Hempstead. My parents bought a, my parents lived in Houston and bought a car in Hempstead. That's one of those <laughs> places you go out and get a better car. Which is dealership, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I know uh, what I was going to say um, as it relates to that. If you start talking about that, you can you can say Golden Triangle, but Golden Triangle is really East Texas. Yeah, Southeast Texas. Yeah. But yeah. there's been so many guys from there. You, you almost have to split them up. Billy Sims, Earl Campbell, uh, uh, David Overstreet. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. I mean, it goes to, hey, Bobby, it goes back to guys like Larry Centers, who are really good pros oh, yeah. that highly recruited, the best pass catching running back of all time, right? You know where he's from? Tatum. <laughs> I'm so, I, I, yes, Tatum, Texas. I didn't know you were going to know that. Went to SFA. Hey, um, all right, Jerry, let's talk a little bit real quick. We got some more questions I want to get to. I need, I need to do a couple things. We've got some more in, uh, questions already lined up. Please get in some more. We've got about 10 minutes left here. Uh, for one minute, I want to talk, get real quick update on the basketball team because they go to West Virginia this weekend. They've lost one in a row. You mentioned early in this week on our Tuesday live stream 
They do not want to lose two in a row uh, if they have any plans of really being among the elite in the conference this year. Correct. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Look, we're going into this week, and first, it's the only week all the whole road games from a Sunday through a Saturday were on the road. Look, the February 4th, 6th, that Saturday turnaround Monday, that's two road games in a row. But this is the only week both games are on the real, truly on the road. Five of the, starting this week, five of the next seven were on the road. Eight of the last 14 games are on the road. That is a brutal stretch when you're playing in the Big 12 and still have a trip to Knoxville. And so for that reason, I said they can't go 0 and 2 this week on the road because that's there's a big difference between five and two and four and three when you look at the rest of the schedule. If you come out of this four and three, now West Virginia won a game, which is good. The last thing you wanted them to do is be over when you went down there. But you can't get four and three right now. If, if you if you come out of this week four and three, it's tough to see 12 and six. I will almost impossible. It's tougher even to see 11 and seven for me just because of the schedule. Who's left? I mean, you're playing Kansas twice. You're playing Baylor twice. You still have road games at TCU, uh, Texas Tech. I mean, uh, you still have a road game at Kansas State. I mean, that's not the schedule if you lose both this week to do any better than 11 and seven. If you lose both this week, you're probably looking at 10 and eight if you play well. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just be real. That's, let's, that's where it's at. I want to say thank you to our uh, sponsor, Andy Ludicky. Uh, Andy, if you're looking to diversify, you may be someone like me that has their hands in multiple businesses. Well, Andy can help you diversify by finding you a business that will fill your time allotment and financial goals. Call him or email him to learn more. He's got a really cool process. I did it myself. Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. If you're looking for a new start to the new year, uh, Andy might be somebody uh, you want to get in contact with. Also. Thank you again uh, to Last Stand Hats. They uh, are going to fulfill a free hat to our uh, our, our winner of the uh, trivia challenge. We're going to be doing a trivia challenge, hope, every Friday. So you guys remember to join us. Uh, also, if you want uh, a discount on Last Stand Hats, uh, they've got some really cool products. Make sure you use the promo code BOBBY10 or visit Last Stand Hats forward slash BOBBY10. Or you can use the promo code BOBBY10 at the end of uh, your order, and you will get the 10% off as well. All right, Jerry, let's go uh, and finish up these questions. I think there's some good ones. Uh, let's start with Micah Hudson, uh, the wide receiver out of Lake Belton. That may be the state's top wide receiver this year. He certainly is going into the that. He is viewed that way by many going into this season. What are your thoughts on him? He, he We found out last, yesterday he's not going to junior day today. Or tomorrow, I mean. Yeah, I think he's going to go do a little workout tomorrow instead, which, you know, look, I, I'll say this about his recruitment. The mom's the key. Uh, for Texas fans worried, I wouldn't be worried. He's been on campus, what, four or five times since June. Um, he'll be on campus again. It may be – look, there's a, let's let's be real here. Steve Sarkeesian also would prefer him probably be in when he has his wide receivers coach. You can come in any time for an unofficial visit this spring, watch a spring practice, hang out with the new wide receiver coach, build that bond. I think um, – well, also, that's pretty cool. Michael Micah Hudson's athlete verified, Bobby. He is one of the guys that's using his on-three profile, as Shannon Terry, uh, our company owner, is all about on Twitter – uh, Micah Hudson, I believe, was the first five-star to, to verify, to use the athlete verified on on three, which a lot of the top prospects are doing. Another reason to go to on three and keep up with the players in the database. Those guys are going to be able to have somewhat control of their own visits, the videos they post on their profiles. Really cool things Shannon Terry and our on three team are doing. Uh, but with Micah Hudson, 
I think Texas is in a good spot still. I think Tennessee is probably ahead of Ohio State because the mom went on the visit to Tennessee and not Ohio State. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But Texas has a good relationship. Steve Sarkeesian has a good relationship with Micah. He has a good relationship with Margin Hooks, who Micah trains with. Um, I think if, it, if I'm betting, let's just say this, I would bet if a wide receiver coach had already been hired at Texas, Micah would be there Saturday. That makes sense. I mean, that, that truly makes sense. Um, let's go this this direction uh, as, as it relates to recruiting for class of 2024 because Texas did not sign a big interior class in 2024. Only Sadir Mitchell. Right. I say only. He's one of the top guys in the country out of New Jersey. Uh, but from Austin, Texas, this guy asks, need big humans to plug up the running lanes up the middle. Who are those guys Coming this weekend for Texas. Uh, boss, by the way, anonymous in Austin, you're 100% correct. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah is, I agree. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, this is a huge class for Texas because you're losing to Vondre Sweat, Alfred Collins. You know, Byron Murphy, I don't think, is an early guy. But, you know, if he has a great year, um, Sadir Mitchell's there. Aaron Bryant needs to gain some weight, but is a good first, second down run guy, run, run stopper guy, or can play against a run well. Then what makes 24 so key is we don't know what Chris Ross and Bledsoe are going to do. That's why I think this spring we've talked about so huge for guys like that. And for us following this to see where those frames are going to go, where they're actually going to settle into a position. But, yeah, moving to the SEC, that is a key focus in 24. That's why they didn't go on a kid like Justin Bitt at the end of 23, even though they really liked him as a player. They saw a six-foot, 290-pound guy. Uh, and they want bigger frame guys long term. And DeAndre Robinson's coming in from Orlando Jones. Tashar Choice and Bo Davis are all over him, 6'3", 305. Uh, Terrence Hibbler, a recent offer out of Mississippi. Mississippi has a big-time guys down there now. Cameron Beavers, who's 6'4", 325, Texas just offered. He isn't coming in this weekend. There's a kid, Jeffrey Rush from Pascagoula, who has a 290, 300-pound frame. Alex January in state is the guy that Texas wants. The rest of the goes, those guys are out of state. Uh, Mississippi, Alabama, there's a kid, Isaiah uh, Fiaga, coming in from Phoenix City Central's committed to Utah, who we'll see if he measures out six two and a half. If he does, I really think he could be a guy Texas pushes for, 275, 280 pounds, really athletic on film. I think Texas has done a really good job. There's a kid they love in Connecticut, by the way, a kid named Benedict Yume, who is an edge kid that has that 6'5", 300-pound frame, that I believe this staff sees a surefire high draft pick one day. He's out of Toronto. He's now in Connecticut. He's not coming in this weekend. They're going to work to get him in this spring. He's 6'4", 6'5", about 250 right now, but they love him. But it's going to be national recruiting, and a lot of that's going to carry east in the Mississippi with four offers, Alabama one offer, Georgia Omar White committed to Colorado. Texas really likes him. They don't feel like he's locked into Colorado. That was kind of a quick commitment. Uh, then in the Florida, DeAndre Robinson. Texas is on the right guys. To me, it's casting a wide game, wide net. It's a numbers game. They got to pull two or three guys in the class. Alex January, they need to win in-state and then get one or two of those big frames from the SEC region, which is not always easy. Got it. All right, uh, Jerry, you have uh, once again proven yourself uh, more than worthy uh, of our time. Uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you, everybody that came in on a Friday to talk a little Texas football. Uh, I want to leave you uh, with one more thought. Uh, B. John Robinson is uh, saying goodbye uh, to the Texas Longhorns. I believe he was hosting uh, Adana or A.D. Mitchell last night on the official visit. 
And I also think that B. John Robinson just happens to wear jersey number five. And A.D. Mitchell just happens to wear jersey number five. We'll find out more later this weekend. For Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby <laughs> Burton. This has been the live stream on Texas football. Thanks.